Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's considering buying an island. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Oh, you must be better, much better than last week's audience. They, they nearly stopped clapping by the time, time I got... They were cunts. They were, they were cunts. Uh, uh, that's next week's audience. No, it's all right. It's, this isn't the first show. The next week's the first. The, the one with uh, Rhys Shearsmith was on first. Can't you, you must remember the order of things. Were you not here two weeks ago? Um, welcome. Come on in. Uh, welcome to uh, Rich Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I was talking to Rednecks the other day. Remember the band Rednecks? Remember them? Remember Cotton Eye Joe? Pig in a poke? <laughs> Uncle John up the... Tree. Um, they call it Rahalas Tapas, I don't know, but, but in a Scandinavian accent. Um, yeah, I was on holiday in the Isle of Arran, um, which is where I used to go when I was a kid with my family. So it was like uh, 50 years before I had been to the Isle of Arran and went again. Hasn't changed. Uh, I think it genuinely has. My mum said there's some um, swings by uh, uh, at one point they were there 50 years ago <laughs> and were there 25 years ago when she was last here. So it's, it's a beautiful place. Do go. But opposite where we were staying, there was an island with a lighthouse on it, and my son really wanted to go and visit it. And then I just was looking up at local house prices, just to see house prices, to see how much it would cost to live on the Isle of Arran. And that whole island was for sale, right? It's a 28-acre island with a lighthouse on it. 
and a six-bedroom apartment that needs a little work, it only costs £350,000. And I thought, I could, I could own an island. I could, uh, you know, sell my house and go and buy an island and live just off the Isle of Arran. It'd be quite inconvenient, because I don't have a boat uh, or a helicopter. Um, but I thought I could crowdfund that if I'd put a Kickstarter together. I reckon I could do it. But I think if I did it, it should just be on the understanding that I have to live on the island for a year and I'm not allowed to come off. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to. Good, though, wouldn't it? Imagine owning an island. Wouldn't it be come? And my wife said, you know what? They own- I just want to own an island. It's not even a little island. You could own an island. 350,000. My flat in Ballam, that I, the first flat I bought in, that I bought for something like £92,000, I look, the last time I looked it up on Right Move or whatever it's called, um, it was worth six hundred thousand pounds. It's a shit flat in Ballam. You could be living on an island, in the Isle of Arran, the king of all you survey. Plus, there were like loads of stones on there, so I'd just be I could literally clear the whole thing. It's actually smaller than the field, about the same size. Anyway, that's that. Um, my other, what other amusing things have happened to you, Richard, since the uh, last? Years? My uh, my son is. Definitely, I mean, my son is A is just exactly me as a child, except slightly more confident. That is, so this is slightly worrying. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be um, a comedian. Um, and we had a family dinner, lunch the other day with the. And my family hasn't all been in the same room. My brother, sister, my mum and dad, and various um, uh, wives and husbands, and uh, a couple of the kids were were all together uh, in this for this lunch, and so. It'd been the first time, maybe five, six years, we'd all been together, and uh, everyone was giving, giving little speeches. And I think, I don't want to give a speech, I don't care. But everyone said, my parents are saying how proud they were of us all, even me. <laughs> They're proud of this. And um, my brother said something, my sister said something. Then my son got up on a chair, and he's four years old. <laughs> and um, he was slightly cribbing off other people, but not really. He just very confidently went, Uncle Duncan is not here. That's my wife's brother. He wouldn't be there for any reason. Uh, but all the Herring family are here, and we make a big teamwork together. And so everyone applauded him, and that was a mistake. <laughs> and I didn't get all of it down. We didn't film the whole thing. Uh, but then he said, um, he saw this big inflatable champagne bottle. He said, drink while you're still alive. <laughs> Given my parents were in their mid-80s, and it's good advice. And then he was, they were at my, everyone's going, yeah, hooray. And then he went, we should not poo on the floor. <laughs> Which is good advice. So some of it was very profound. Uh, the other thing he said, we should wear hats. Uh, so that's, he was sort of slightly like a, a young Jesus, I thought. <laughs> sort of proclaiming, but it was absolutely terrifying. But yeah, there we go. Don't poo on the floor. And then he started talking about it. He's named, not after, but we have had quite a lot of uh, my relations in the past called Ernest. And I told him that his great uncle Ernie had died in the Battle of Dunkirk, or just before, actually, as it turned out. And so then he started trying to tell the story of Ernie having died in the war, which was exciting as well. That was my. It was, it was very inappropriate in a lot of ways. Oh, I see, if I had my own island, what I'd like to do is sort of be a Scottish Jeffrey Epstein. That's what I was, that's what I was sort of like, you could have. Couldn't it be good? Because you've got your own island. It's your own laws. You can do anything you want. And I could have sex parties on there. But I thought it would only be with Scottish celebrities, wouldn't it? No one's going to come. No one's going to travel to go to a horrible island off a cold, rainy other island. So I thought the sex parties would probably just be me and the crankies. But I'd be up for that. And it's still underage, isn't it? It's still a, it's still a schoolboy. So it's, you might get a couple of them. If you're listening, Prince Andrew. 
kind of the beauty of um, we Jimmy Cranky is, is you know you get all the fun and it's not illegal so it's yeah, all the fun <laughs> um, my um, guest today is probably best known for playing Greg in Chubby Funny <laughs> like that will you please welcome the incredible Pierre Novelli ladies and gentlemen here he is here he is look at that How are you doing? I'm all right, yeah. Good. How are you doing? I'm very good. You're, you're kind of a giant. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of, I mean, especially... A kind sitting, of a giant. You're kind of a, like, a, a, like a giant person. Like, you look like a... Sitting next to me, I've just been watching the BFG with my kids, and you yeah. kind of, like... I feel like the little girl in the BFG, and you're the BFG. I'm climbing in through your window <laughs> <laughs> with a long trumpet. <laughs> yeah. That's what I feel like, like especially now. And you've just come in. Have you grown in the last? It's it's when seated, I think. Okay, massive. I um I don't. I, I it's because I'm I'm tall and but but wide. Okay. I think if you look like Stephen Merchant and you're tall and narrow. Yeah. People just go you're tall. Yes. Yeah. Even though he's taller than me, but my friends at school said I looked like um I've been badly photoshopped into all the pictures of us. <laughs> and they said. You've been photoshopped in, but the scaling's wrong. <laughs> or you were in the picture normally, but someone cut round you, and they enlarged you, but they held down shift. <laughs> so the enlarging was in proportion. Okay. They were quite specific about that. Oh. It's well worked out. <laughs> yeah. You asked me about what you should wear to the podcast. Yeah. Day, and, then... and you said, the sexiest things you own. <laughs> I want people titillated. That's what you said. It's nice. It's nice. Little yeah. concept. Yeah. I thought you'd maybe jogged in or something and we're going to change when you got here. But no, 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 no. You said French exchange. <laughs> summer edition. And I, I responded. Good. You know, they're very strong legs. They're strong, tree trunk legs. Um, <laughs> sorry. sorry. Yeah. Very distracting. Uh, can you tell us about Greg, Greg in Chubby Funny before? I know you must have yeah. been asked about this a lot. Oh, yeah. It was, um, it was a part that was largely cut from an indie film. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was written and directed by my friend. Um, it was... Um, I, although as part of the, the shooting, and one of the bits that was cut was I was massaged quite heavily by Dave Benson Phillips. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And as a foreigner, I was not fully acquainted with Dave Benson Phillips' uh, oeuvre. Yeah. Um, I just knew him as a sort of a man who kept sort of getting caught up in memes. Yes. And he's a good m- massager. Okay. Shoulder massager. Yeah. Yeah. And not, I had a not few... so good with the other, the other body parts. Dog shit, just... yeah. yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Violent and unthinking. <laughs> no, he was very nice. And yeah. He was very nice, and we did some fun riffing and stuff, all of which was just immediate. You could just practically see people going, <laughs> we'll, cut, we'll cut this. But it was fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, I had to play a chugger. Oh, yes, charity mugger. Yeah. 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 Good. Did you, were you successful as a charity mugger? In, in the fiction? Yeah, in the fiction. did Because they, they're always... I, I was successful in the fiction, so yeah. going door to door and kind of harassing people okay. for, for money. And the main character was not, and that was, the, I think, the source of the humour of the okay. scene. Okay. Well, that, I must check it out. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually I try to choose something that isn't very good. Um, <laughs> I saw your show in Edinburgh. I really enjoyed it. Thank I mean, you. like, too much. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I, 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 I've seen you before, and I don't think I've seen a full-length show. And again, there is a full-length, another different full-length show on YouTube that people can see for free. Yep. This is a new thing that a lot of 
comics are doing. I've, I've, I didn't write down the name of that that particular show. It's but called Quiet Ones. Yes, that's, yeah. that is correct. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's part um, of the general bonfire of, of, of comedy where you just go, we'll just put it on the fucking internet. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Just go, just throw it on good. there. It's a good thing to do because it, yeah. you, know, if it, you can direct people to it and then if they like it, they'll come see it. And, they, and it is, it's a, that's a very funny uh, special. Oh, um, thank you. Well, and the Edinburgh show was, was really great. I saw, it, I saw it when I was tired near the end and I kind of, you know, you know well, I'll try and go and see something. And it really gripped me. And as I was saying to you backstage, because the show's about not really being... Uh, not, in, not enjoying stuff. Not enjoying stuff. And I'm, I'm really... I, look, I often sit in any kind of form of entertainment and think, mm. when is this going to be over? And then afterwards, I kind of re- retrospectively enjoy it. Yes, Whereas yeah. with you, I enjoyed it at the time and haven't thought about it since. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, fi- I finally gave you a taste of what entertainment is like for normal people. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. I'll delete it from my brain. <laughs> It will never trouble me in the dark of night again. Whereas often I, I watch a film and then go, oh, I didn't really like it. Then I'll think about it. Go, oh, yeah, it was good actually. So yeah, it's it's sort of yeah. it's but the but the show is about uh, that that show is uh, which is called uh, Why Can't I Just Enjoy Things? Yeah, which is a question I feel very strongly about myself. <laughs> so you're st- I think I think people who like my stand up will enjoy your stand up in, in that M- I think misanthropes. It, uh, it's misanthropes and also it's it's taking an idea and really running with it. If you if you watch the um, the online show, there's a fantastic... Uh, there's a few really, really great um, routines. Oh, there's thanks. a really great one about Charles Manson... Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. ...deciding to have a swastika put on his face mid-trial, which I didn't... <laughs> it's just a great yeah. bit of information to find out. It is, I mean, you explore I it... a lot ex- when I found that out. <laughs> you, explore, <laughs> you explore it very brilliantly, but it is just <laughs> hilarious that he would kind of go up be halfway through the trial and decide to do it You'd then. think, you know what? People need to know more about who I am, without talking to me. Yeah. So it's it's about, and there's a and and the the routine about uh, a, a chi- if you didn't if chickens didn't exist and oh, yeah, you told yeah. a farmer that they wouldn't believe this incredible magic animal. Yeah. <laughs> the perfect animal. Which is again a very. I've seen someone said it's your your stuff is like observational comedy for people who who hate observational comedy. Yeah, or for, who think they hate it. Yeah. yeah. If you think you're too good for it. Yeah. You're probably like the version of exactly what you hate that I do. <laughs> it's like, it's sort of the, I don't know, it's the stand-up equivalent of going, ah, oh, fr- so fried chicken is a, a awful plebeian food, but goujons, they're great. <laughs> I'm a goujon merchant. <laughs> Sneaking it into people. But it's, I mean, I mean, all comedy is based on some form of observation, really. Even it, ha- it, it has to be. <laughs> it has to be. Come from somewhere. Yeah. Something's been observed, even if it's something surreal and weird. It's still, it's still yeah. an observation and a, and a take on something. And I suppose the thing with observational comedy is it's difficult because many of the subjects have been covered... Fairly and extensively. So, and so most things have been covered. So to find... And I think in, in, in the... Uh, why can't I just enjoy things? That you, do a, you do a routine about uh, children being told there are children in Africa who love that food, which, again, is a, high, a well-covered trope. Yes. But you do manage to find a, a different way of dealing with it. And I think that's yeah. the... That's the, it's sort of you know it's, it's like when you, I think when, when me and Stu started out right we said we, we won't do jokes about this we won't do jokes about it we tried to avoid the the common subjects but actually weirdly our, our, both of our successful projects once we stopped working together were Jerry Spring and the Opera where we said we would never do comedy about personality and Talking Cock where we said we won't we won't do obvious jokes about uh, penises um, 
get much. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and both of those, by coming at them from a different angle, were a way to find yeah. something new. So in a way, by, by something being well-trodden, if you can find the, the new joke in it, it's quite... The reward is almost yeah. more disproportionate. Yeah. Finding, finding the, that hidden segment of the orange that's been otherwise punched into dust. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> by thousands of comedians. Yeah. yeah. And it's sort of, you know, it's important to try and be original as a comedian. And it's, it is, and with the number of people doing it and the number of people who have done it, it's... In, it's and, and Twitter. Yeah. It's, it's almost impossible to come yeah. up with a new joke. But I think if you're doing observations or if you're doing routines, and it's very much about a persona, I suppose, with you, but it, it chimed with me in that, you know, I find it difficult to enjoy things. Uh, I like to be very pedantic about stuff. Uh, I don't... <laughs> I don't get too excited about anything. To the extent, I mean, the show to slightly ruin your show for anyone who's going to see it. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler uh, yeah, alert. Uh, we make we make up. This I mean, it's it ends uh, in you, you finding out that uh, you, you test for. I, I do a, a test to see how far along the spectrum I yeah. am, and the test says, "Yeah, you're pretty fucking." <laughs> you, like I say in the show, not NASA, but European Space Agency, <laughs> sort of up there. So I, after the show, I thought, oh, it's so, it's so chimed with me. <laughs> I thought I'd better go and take those tests to find out uh, whether my obsessive desire to clear all the stones off a field and so yes. on um, might be indicative of something. But I came out with a bang on average normal person and I was really? very upset. Yeah. Oh. Even with the... Was there a question about playing snooker? <laughs> I think maybe I'm so far around that I'm maybe, <laughs> I'm maybe on the second or third lap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like the world's fastest man. Yeah. So go, well, he, this can't be him finishing the race. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I mean, again, that was a that was a theme in this fringe, wasn't it? I think that this that a lot of neurodivergence. Neurodivergence is the word. I was going to say a load of mental comedians. Yeah. But that, you can't say that anymore. Freaks, you? really. Thanks to political correctness gone mad. You can't. Yeah. The things you can't say anymore. I still try and say them, though, don't I? No one cares, so it's weird how you can do that. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting how many... I mean, it, you would think that would be a... It, it's hard, we're sort of talking about this backstage. It's hard to know whether that's something to do with just being a comedian. You know, there's a certain mindset of, a, of yeah. being a comedian. I don't think anyone fully well would do this <laughs> long enough to get good at it. Yeah. I think lots of people try it, and when they see how, how horrifying it is to sort of ritually humiliate yourself. Yeah. They go, oh, well, no, I'll never do that again. Whereas I think there's something a bit wrong with you if you go, I want to do that for the rest of my <laughs> life. Well, and also to put yourself... To, I mean, I, again, I was sort of... This fringe, I was sort of... And I only did half the fringe, but I really sort of was thinking about the past and thinking about all the, uh, all the you know, the terrible things that happened to me in Edinburgh that I put myself through. And the, it's the such pu- a... The puppet, the, the puppets, The puppet being wanked off by the yeah. puppet. That's just the start of it. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, An ill omen for <laughs> It was. But so many kind of... You know, every fringe, there's a... You know, the, you're almost suicidally depressed or at least, like, extremely depressed. There were certainly times when I, you know, was edging towards being suicidally depressed. Yeah. And you would... And all these... Comedians who are uh, who have these mental difficulties putting themselves through the yeah. most stressful possible. It, it it is it is the wrong way round. Yeah, the only people who are doing the fringe should be completely sort of mentally healthy, <laughs> like Mormons, like clean living, cheerful, just like willing to withstand a month of that. Yeah, not people who are already 
<laughs> like that the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine's worst Edinburgh moment was seeing someone's dog piss on a photo of his own face. Because <laughs> his flyer had dumped a lot of flies in a bin instead of doing flyering. And enough that they were spilling out and the dog had pissed on the corner of the big bin and it was just landing on his face and he was looking at it in the rain. And I think he'd got a two-star review. It was like so many layers of yeah, despair yeah. to it. It's like a bad music video. Yeah. Well, I, anyway, it did feel that, that whole that whole bin situation that we talked about last week did feel like very metaphorical about the, <laughs> the fridge in itself that you end up trudging crap everywhere. And stinking <laughs> dog shit. And... and the phrase rat surge. Yeah. They told us to watch out for a rat surge. As though we would all go, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them. As if that wasn't the first time anyone had ever heard that phrase. <laughs> surge. <laughs> Did anyone see a rat surge? My producer saw a, a cat-sized rat sort of doodling along. Right. Yeah. But mainly it just smelled bad. I didn't see any rats. I was expecting a rat surge. I'd been promised one so by like the a authorities. Rat, a rat surge, presumably, is a lot of rats. I imagine them sort of boiling out of a gutter. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Like the scarabs in The Mummy. Just like, yeah. oh, just, like a mime, just the skeleton left behind yeah. uh, in an instant, like piranhas. But um, no, just one big fat rat just kind of ambling along, <laughs> looking at flyers. Shall I piss on it? No, Doing dogs, a piss uh, dog's on it, pissed yeah. on that one. I'm not interested in that. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, was, this, was this your best year at the, the Fringe? It did go very well, this show, and rightly so, I think. Most I've... In, Enjoyed it probably. I, I, it was my first year doing a solo show in the pay what you want model, and I felt that that took a lot of pressure off. Right. In the sense that I sort of felt more like it was a sort of oh well, some of you've just got in for free, you know, so I'm I'm ten percent more entitled to sort of mess around or feel a bit loose. Yeah. Whereas I think before I felt too much like the customers are here. What if they don't <laughs> like the dinner I've made? And <laughs> I spent all year making this big dinner, <laughs> and maybe that made me less fun. Yeah. I think the audiences can smell when you're taking your yeah. job seriously, and they don't, <laughs> they don't like it. No. Well, again, it is, it is a weird thing about comedy in that, it, you know, it, is, it has to be... You have to be diligent, you have to work hard, you have to really craft it, but you, it also has to appear effortlessly like it's being yeah. just thrown away. Yeah, the well. more professional you are, the more people will hate it. Yeah. And the, therefore, the less professional you are. Yeah. Whereas, like, as you say, you have to spend all year training like Cirque du Soleil and then <laughs> in the moment appear sort of at least drunk <laughs> if not actively forgetful <laughs> so how many how, how many Edinburgh shows have you done how many it, was, it was number seven seventh one yeah because yeah. it's sort of crazy now you know like I've, so, I've talked about you and uh, Helen last week being kind of new comedians but you've both been going for I mean you were you I, 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 I gigged with you back in like we did some previews I feel like I did I did some stand-up gigs with you like in the 2000s right in the noughties no no going, no no, no, I just someone who looked exactly like no. me. Maybe, I, honestly, I can't. <laughs> it definitely was you, but I can't. I can't. Um, I can't. I can't remember I th- when anything happened. There. I think we gigged together in the early. I don't know what we called them. Teens. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we did a preview in that we had cinema in Brixton in 2017. Okay. We did an Edinburgh preview. <laughs> it was. It was in. A, it was quite close to the fringe because the venue was just all like windows yeah so it was just kind of golden light blasting the audience in the face <laughs> reminding them of you know the fact that it's summer and they don't have to sit in a room listening to <laughs> two guys read out of notebooks 
also in a cinema, <laughs> directly in the room next door, is a billion-dollar piece of entertainment <laughs> that they could be enjoying <laughs> instead of this mad shit. Yeah. But they stayed. Yeah, they stayed. That's good. Don't remember it at all. Um, uh, and it was you'd obviously been working on this show for quite a while because of a lockdown. It, it, was this the show you'd planned to bring up in 2020? It, it was a version of it, yeah. So I'd done previews and things ready for 2020, and yeah. then I did a preview in February that went quite well. So I thought, oh, this would be a good year. Um, I was wrong <laughs> overall, I'd say, mm. about 2020. Um, I wish I could say I was diligent enough that I'd been sat like with a sort of a jeweler's eyepiece <laughs> crafting it. But mostly I was just free pouring whiskey into pints of Diet Coke for yeah. a lot of the lockdown. Yeah, so, but I guess technically, yeah, working on it for a while. Because it feels very, it feels. Uh, I mean, you, you're very good with language, and and it feels like everything's very precise. It's the precision of it's great. But I, you know, you 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 use the dictionary very effectively. Oh yes. <laughs> keep, keep it by my bed. So it's you know, it felt like a lot of work had gone into it, but I don't know whether that was. That's very kind of you. Yeah. <laughs> Always very precise for my language. <laughs> I, I was imitating or trying to be more like a comedian called Johnny White, really, really. Right. Who's not well known, but I'm sort of obsessed with him. Um, he's got two albums on Bandcamp that you can listen to. And he's incredibly... All of his shows would work as prose, I think. Yeah. Some, but it's florid without being inaccessible. or It's not like um, Will... Uh, um, who's the... Will uh, Self. Yep. It's not like that. Um, yeah, there's something really great about it. And I thought, I really like this, so I'm going to imitate it. Okay. I'll do my own crude <laughs> version. I think, but, uh, you know, I've found that, especially, again, taking a show and doing it for a long period of time, you just really think about so many things. But the, the correct word in the correct place, yeah. and, you know, and using words that people aren't necessarily going to 100% definitely know the definitions of. Yes. Uh, I think it, you know, it's not talking down to people, but it, but it, it but it does give a sort of extra quality to everything. I, I, I did a gig, a, a charity gig at the comedy store, and backstage was the where the comedians Helen Bauer and Darren Harriet, and they were watching because there's a TV screen in the green room. Yeah. And I came off stage and I d did the routine about chicken grease from the YouTube special, where I used the word suffused. <laughs> yes. And apparently Helen told me she'd said to Darren watching on the screen. I love gigging with Pierre because every time I learn a new word. <laughs> and I was flattered and at that moment fully aware of how commercially dead. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, that's me done. Okay. <laughs> People hate learning new words. They shouldn't. Yeah, and it's, no, it's, 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 it, was, it, was, it was a very enjoyable show and you are, you, you are touring it presumably. I'm going to take it around. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. where and when yet, but okay. definitely, yeah. Cool. Well, people should definitely watch out for that and it's... Uh, Fantastic. Uh, you have a very neat beard. Thank you. I think people with neat beards are untrustworthy. Uh, but, but, so you, would you say that you are an untrustworthy man? I don't think my beard's neat. I think it's my pretty beard, neat. It's just this is how it grows. I don't, That's I don't, no excuse. I don't groom it. I don't, you know, there's no... That's how it grows? Yeah. Not a stray hair. Your beard grows like your video game avatar. <laughs> <laughs> just... Into a sort of other say, preset head. I would say it was messy. Yours is all sculpted. I think it's. I think you're untrustworthy. Do you not get the high hairs? Uh, climb your cheek? No, no, not really. No, in fact, for a long time, it didn't even. It only grew underneath my chin. Oh. So I didn't have anything on my actual face, and it stayed like an Amish. Yeah. An Amish man. Yeah. 
Do you think that's a fair... See, is that... I don't think it's, uh, it's sort of... Pre it's not a prejudice like a uh, physical prejudice because you choose to, one chooses to groom their beard. So I think yeah. you can generalise about people who groom their beards that they are probably serial killers yeah. or... That's that at, at worst. I don't know. I think serial killers tend to have... If they have beards, they tend to be fairly unkempt. <laughs> They've been too busy doing all the that Yorkshire, stalking and the York, killing. The too. Yorkshire Ripper had a very nice... Did he? Yeah, very nice beard. Well, I've never met on, him. Um, Yorkshire Ripper, Noel Edmonds. Yes. He's, he yes. never got to serial, but he did... He got a couple. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone worse to dispose of a body with than Mr Blobby. You know in films when it, you're, you're only lit by the headlamps of your car <laughs> and you're both in the woods digging and the body's in the boot. Just Mr. Blobby falling in and screaming and waking everyone up and turning around with a spade and knocking you in. And... I trust Mr. Blobby, though. I don't, tr I don't, tr I don't, I don't trust Noel Edmonds. But I just want you to know that because that okay. will affect the interview because I don't trust... That's I'm, not I'm not trusting anything. That's good, though. I it's, like you and... It's you like know, Frost Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> You're on your toes. I yeah. just don't know. I don't know, but I don't know if that says something about me or whether that's... But, you know, it's right, though, isn't it, David? Do you think? But what about the fact that nature herself has groomed your beard? <laughs> <laughs> does, does that not mean that your sort of untrustworthiness is even more inherent? I think, I think maybe if I let it grow for another week, yeah. you, would, you wouldn't feel uh, okay. it was so... I, I usually shave it off before it... Again, like when I grew, the, the first time I really grew a beard was for Excavating Rita, which was a play I did in about 97, I think 97 or 98. And it only grew underneath, and, it, and I didn't shave at all. Yeah. And uh, that was the only Edinburgh Fringe where I don't think I had any sex of any kind, even, <laughs> even with the venture of Chris Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Even the dummy's head sort of slowly <laughs> rotated away. So well, it was not an attractive side. Maybe, maybe in my age... I'm becoming more untrustworthy. I'm a very trustworthy person. It might be something about me. You've got... You've got actually, you... Are you the Yorkshire Ripper? I've got a very Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah, that's right, mate. You're OK. Oh, yeah. But you've got quite a low-buttoned shirt. Does that factor in? <laughs> Looks, he's nice. He's a nice-looking boy. Is he with you, Luke? Huh? Could be by the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> No one has hairy chests in films anymore. No, or hairy anything. Yeah. In the films I watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you'd CGI individual hairs onto the Hulk's chest. I mean, it would be a fucking pain. But still, the last person I remember having a hairy chest in a movie was uh, Pierce Brosnan as Bond. Yeah. He had a proper sort of chest rug as he yeah. groaned his way through being James Bond. Hair has become very unfashionable. Yeah. In all senses. Apart from face hair. Face hair's allowed. That's allowed. And, you know, it's a good way to see who you can trust and who you can't trust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why they famously why they're... <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Let me ask you an emergency question okay. to get out. I've been very rude to embarrass. I've been embarrassed that I've been so rude to you to call you untrustworthy, <laughs> even though I'm definitely right. Prove just find me a man with a groomed beard who beard who you can trust, and then I will take back what I've said. And no, and the crowd were silent. <laughs> Do you think your obituary photo has already been taken? Um, and if so, <laughs> what is it? Or do you think it is yet to come? Well, we took a photo in the green room earlier. <laughs> I so think I... that could be it. Yeah, I think so. If we both go tonight, that will definitely... If that, I mean, that yeah, will be yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. We don't know who stabbed first. We just, <laughs> we just know one of them was untrustworthy. <laughs> one of them was untrustworthy and one of them was ten times bigger than the other. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get under, you know. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's true. Obituary photo. I'd, hopefully it's not been taken, but... Yeah. They're always, like... If you're a comedian and you die, they always use a photo of you going like, oh, like doing something zany, <laughs> yeah. which I think is disrespectful. <laughs> but then I guess if, like, um, you know, some famously amusing person died and they used a photo of them that was sort of like, <laughs> you know, like that you find in the back of a volume of poems. Yes. Sort of like turtleneck, like frowning, <laughs> black and white. People would go, what the, when did they take that? Of, of, I don't know, one of those entertainers from the UK that inevitably I've never heard of who's like <laughs> slight, sort of quite fat and racially insensitive yeah but they always did like they're always remembered really fondly in talking head shows in a way that I can't understand right yeah but so you you were born in South Africa yes and you grew up but how you moved to the Isle of Man right is that yeah it? Isle of Man yeah wow yeah I mean the only place more racist than South Africa <laughs> <laughs> You had to really hey, search hey, the world hey, for that one. Hey, there's nowhere more. <laughs> I will say that the, one of the things that I used to have a routine about, which my I, recently we had a family wedding in the UK, and some of my relatives flew over from South Africa, and their yeah. accents are obviously phenomenally strong, is that you attract British racists like a sort of <laughs> flypaper. Right. Genuinely, they hear your accent and they make a beeline for you. <laughs> Because they go, I, that's someone who'll like what I have to say. <laughs> and then they say the, these harrowing things to you in a kind of hushed excitement, like as if they know a joke you'll particularly love. And you, ha you have to sort of... It's very hard to know what to, how to react because your instinct is saying, well, it would be rude to just go, fuck off, <laughs> into someone's face. But you can't go, ha -ha, and like tap your nose and go, oh, I know, yeah. It happens. It used to happen a lot to me, and right. it's very hard to deal with. And then, 
the, what was that? The rest of that routine was, um, it's, it's like being an inverted immigrant because the only people happy to see you are racists. <laughs> <laughs> they see you somehow as reinforcements against the, the other immigrants. And the people who, don't, who aren't happy to see you are progressive people because they assume you're a racist okay. because of the color of your skin and where you're from. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the irony does tend to escape them when, yes. when they accuse you of that. But so yes, how, yeah, South Africa and then the Isle of Man. So how old were you when you moved to the Isle of Man? We'd, as, as we sort of finished the move, because it, 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 it was quite hard to do... It took months to sort everything out. When we sort of, as we completed the move, I turned seven, basically. Okay. I, then I was sort of starting school and... So on. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then, has the Isle of Man got a lot of different references to the UK mainland? Well, you can't say mainland. They get you. You'll be in trouble. Will I? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Watch, Isle, watch sorry. out. Sorry, you Manx cunts. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew the right adjective, though. That's impressive. I wrote. Um, I wrote the entry on the Isle of Man for the Macmillan ex- Royal. Ex- uh, in Mammalian Encyclopedia of the Royal Family, 1992. So I know, I did what? research. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, I, I, wrote, I wrote the... It was just before the Royal Family imploded, so nobody has this book. I, fi- I, I do have a copy now. I'm not crediting the book, and I'm annoyed about it, because I've written at least four or five entries in there. Um, one of them was the Isle of Man. They roll something down a hill in the Isle of Man, right? You to, they, they roll a barrel with oh, spikes d- on the inside down a hill. No, they kill the witch doing that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last year. No, it wasn't last year. It was... <laughs> It was hundreds of years ago, but right. when everyone was doing it. Um, <laughs> it's, um, they've got quite specific references. I mean, it's got its own sort of Gaelic language and, yeah. and its own flag, its own government. And, and yeah, it, it, you could, it would, you'd be like a more insane version of Jethro if you wanted. Just, <laughs> just gig in a circuit of seven pubs on the Isle of Man doing incredibly specific references. <laughs> I've done one club gig on the Isle of Man. It's the <laughs> only time in my life I was able to do local material. Yeah. I've never been able to, to know local things and get that kind of reaction out of people. Yeah. It felt like, you know when you swim with flippers <laughs> and you just go unreasonably fast? Yeah. It felt great. No wonder people do it all the time. <laughs> I wish I had local material. Oh. I don't. I have international material. Yeah. Which well, is fine. You do a, a podcast with Phil Wang. Yes. And, and you're both come from kind of a similar background in a way in that you're both yeah. sort of n- neither you, you don't you're men without a country almost or you're men with two countries and and yeah. and feel welcome in neither of them <laughs> rootless <quite>. cosmopolitans <laughs> or you feel yeah rootless i guess yeah. yeah well he moved from and he was much older from malaysia um so he's a bit more disconnected but yeah you, we're both just from hot former colonies where all the TV was like bafflingly out of date American television. So we share a lot of the same completely age inappropriate references yeah. to sort of various sitcoms and bat, very niche like animated series and things. And that was one of the weirdest transitions when I moved here was the transition from a very American style kids entertainment, comic books and TV shows to British. Yeah. Cause I read Spider-Man in South Africa and here's the Beano. <laughs> which has a horrifying Spider-Man, you know, he's fighting an octopus robot. And then the Beano is like, I've shot a pee at the vicar. (laughs) What the fuck is this? There aren't any mutants in this at all. I've never even heard of half of these comedic desserts. (laughs) Why is the teacher dressed like a graduate? It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) 
So is that, is that what, what brought you two together? Is that, that sort of otherness? Yeah, I think it, it means that we had a lot more of the same perspectives on things. Yeah. And, and we both hate hot weather. Because if you live somewhere hot, it's the least escapable type of weather. Yeah. If you're cold, you can warm up. But if you're hot, you're just kind of fucked. You're just going to be hot and stinky all day and tired. and It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's no good. But that's our future. <laughs> it is. Uh, so the podcast is called Bud Pod. Bud Pod, yeah. Um, oh, hey, Ko- Koji. Koji. Yeah, so what's that? They're I've all li- here, every I've listener. Li- I've listened to some recent... <laughs> They've all come... I've listened to some recent episodes, so uh, the, oh yeah, no, no. so but so I, I don't know what the what does what does Koji mean? But. So a guy called Jack invented it, I think, by accident, because early on Phil was determined that the podcast not become a kind of scatological jizz fest. Yeah, he wanted a respectable a respectable podcast he could take home to his mum, and then he ruined it himself, like in a kind of nice and ironic way, by telling a very funny story about having to sort of rifle through his own shit for the purposes of a kind of medical test. Right. And then that kicked off a wave of poo stories from listeners that has not ever stopped. <laughs> and then someone, we kept talking about how we should have a catchphrase. Podcasts have catchphrases, don't they? And this guy, I think it was Jack, signed off his email with keep on jacking it. <laughs> and some sort of wank story. Right. And I said, there's a the catchphrase. And Phil was so upset at the idea that obviously everyone listening immediately went, right, well, that's... <laughs> that's how we'll all sign off all of our emails forever now. So that's what it stands for. Okay. It's also the name of quite a popular um, Asian spice of some kind. So yeah. people keep sending us photos of koji as an ingredient and things going, ah, ha, ha, ah, ha, ha, look, come, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> It's inevitably on a sign in some Asian restaurant or on the back of a kind of spice container. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's become everything that Phil feared. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah. But it's, you know, he's it's trapped a, now. He's trapped in it. It's, it's a, you've done like 180 episodes or something like that, yeah, approaching that. So it's uh... it's a lot more than I think we both thought we'd end up doing. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There's been some pretty horrifying stories. On it. <laughs> Funny, but oof. there's an episode called the Nadir. Okay. Which is yeah, if you listen to that, it's. A, list, I, I, I tried to the submit. The, I tried to submit the shit story from that to the British Podcast Awards, <laughs> but it was over fifteen minutes in length, <laughs> so I couldn't do it. It was ineligible. Yeah, it's really horrid. Yeah, it was. It's it's great. We know, but it's. I mean, it's it's like the original days of podcasting. It's just two, you know, two weird guys, two talking weird about men poo. talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Back to basics. Back to the basics. No that. production values. And no. is that is that going? You know, is, is it? It's clearly you, you've got a following, and it's is it is it is it uh, a living to do the podcast, or is it just fun to do the podcast? It would to to quote the excellent comedian Sean McLaughlin's joke. It wouldn't be a living. It would it would be a surviving. Right. Like I wouldn't die soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could retire now. Okay. Um, and and. The ones you've listened to, normally when we have time and energy, we put little sketches in and songs and stuff. And Phil's actually quite a good singer, so he gets to show that off. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's, it's going with it. Lots of, lots of uh, bud, pod buds came to see the show in Edinburgh, which is very nice. Yeah. Because it makes you realize that the thing you're putting out there, it exists and is real and people have heard it. Yeah. So you go, oh, thank God for that. Because you're never sure. No, and I think, that, you know, well, that's, that's what I found out with very early with podcasters. It did, you know... I mean, some of this front row yeah. attest to it, uh, and their age attest to it that they <laughs> been there from the start. They came there from the start, and have, uh, you know, 
your disciples. David was, I think, like about 12 when he, when he first came. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been a long time. But no, it did, you know, it did, and you, you had those, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely thing and you get this community. It's really valid. Whichever, you know, I think that some, some of the podcasts are huge, obviously, and have a yeah. massive community, but there's this, this sustaining, I think, um, you know, yeah. group of people who get you and will come and see you. See it's very validating. Yeah. So, yeah. And so thank you to all the podbuds who are here now because, again, it's just like going, oh, they, all the, the listener figures aren't just like a botnet in the Philippines that <laughs> my mum has paid to <laughs> flatter me or something. Like, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't, you know, we're not at off-menu levels. When people start saying, keep on jacking it on dating apps, then... <laughs> <laughs> like, like Papa Dom's or bread level of <laughs> market... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I don't want to go on a second. <laughs> don't worry, keep on jacking it. <laughs> don't worry about it, Koji. Thank you. Unmatch. That'd be good. Yeah, we'd we'd all like that. We'd all like to be off menu, obviously. But you know, we just have to make do with what we got, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask another emergency question. I'm just right. doing them because I'm in, it's, I'm being embarrassing. Um, let me see. Let me have a little look. Um, if your genitals had to be replaced by the face of one of the Muppets... Oh, yeah. ..the face would be able to interact and communicate in exactly the same way as the puppet. As the character itself? Yeah. OK. Which puppet face would replace your genitals? Wait, someone said Gonzo in the audience there because he's the most penile. Yeah. Doesn't have to, you know... He's the most penile But would you use Muppets? Gonzo as... If you're having sex, would you then force that Muppet He'd head be... to... To fuck someone, and that seems unpleasant. Well, he would have some. some he'd have something to say about it. <laughs> so we'd we'd all be getting a lot out of it. I think he'd be saying some version of "It's a living," or, you know, <laughs> as you shoved his foam nose into someone. <laughs> the, um, the, the second most penile muppet is that American eagle. E- yeah, eagle. Eagle. Egal. Yeah. What's his name? Sam. Sam. Yeah. Sam. Least imaginatively named of the yeah. Muppets. If you were on Pointless okay. and had to choose a Muppet to be a Pointless Muppet, which Muppet would you choose to be Pointless? Oh. Because I've thought about this. Well, obviously the temptation is uh, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. Yeah. He's a man of science. You'd probably might get that because people wouldn't know the name. They would know the character. Um, the green round one who's Beaker's boss. It's unclear. Yeah. Beaker is an intern in his lab. Yeah. But without Beaker around, I imagine he's a more responsible scientist. Yeah. Beaker tends to be the one who causes the explosions. Yeah. They never, like... they never clear what Dr. Bunsen Honeydew is working on. <laughs> Beaker is a much less sympathetic character if it's like a cure for some terrible disease. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps knocking over flasks and s- screaming. <laughs> I think they're... People they're... really hate Beaker. I think their the scene in uh, The Muppet Christmas Carol is one of the greatest pieces of drama that, I, that have, has ever been what, seen. Which one is they that? They come to Michael Caine and they try to get a, they try to get a donation out of him. Michael Caine. But Beaker's just going... <laughs> in the background. But it's otherwise completely straight. But, yeah. but Beaker's going... <laughs> but still desperate for yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely... <laughs> and Michael Caine's fantastic. I would choose Lou Zealand is the uh, character I would choose. Is that I'd the cool burn. band guy? He he's, uh, does he throws boomerangs at the start of Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah, the boomerang throws, fish guy. Yeah, boomerang. Oh, and it, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. think anyone would know that, but that now, is niche. if you're on, if you're asked by pointless for a Muppet character, don't say Lou Zealand. Yeah, maybe That's, I would like. Um, who's the one? Like, what, like Gonzo tends to 
succeed despite himself. Yeah. The worst one would be the would be Fozzy Bear. Fozzy Bear. Yeah, and that's not going to be pointless, is it? No. Are you talking about being a genitals or being a pointless answer? In every sense, he'd be, <laughs> he'd be doing knock knock jokes into someone else's genitals, and that's no good. It is not. Good. Not that? these days. Wasn't going to ask you. The last place to enjoy a knock knock joke. <laughs> oh, good. This this might be. You do talk about conspiracy theories in one of your shows. Yeah. Which conspiracy theory do you think might actually be true? Oh, um, COVID from a lab. I, th- I genuinely, <laughs> genuinely I sort of go, oh, I'm 50-50 on that. <laughs> more and more, it seems like that's not true, but I still just think, oh, it was too good at what it did. It was really good. Really what good about, at being uh, a disease. What about COVID not but actually being real? What about that one? COVID not being real? Yeah, not being a thing. Being made up. I had COVID original recipe very early on. Yeah. So I have to, I have to believe in it now. Unless... Yeah. Did you, though? Well... <laughs> It's a good point. The only... I mean, I'm pretty much, you know, of the opinion that COVID was a real thing. We all had to stay inside and, and wear masks, and that was a good yeah. thing. But... Yeah. Since we... Please let, please let me be the guest on the episode <laughs> where, you, where you go full mental. <laughs> please. Please let me... <laughs> please let me have the honour of killing you. <laughs> Chopping off your head. How come... Now we're all allowed out and stuff. Yeah. No one's dying anymore. What's going on with that? I... How come everyone's all right now? It's, it's How good... come it's all right now? It'd be very funny to talk about vac- the vaccination program as if it was like a UFO abduction. <laughs> the government texted me. <laughs> I don't know how they got my number. They told me to go to a room. Someone I've never met injected me. And now I can't get COVID anymore. Explain that. <laughs> it might be that. Did you do you know anyone who, uh, owing to the COVID lasting two years, lost their minds, gained some brain worms? I mean, I just I, I, the thing that a lot of people my age are just losing their minds. Yeah. Regardless, like in a terrifying, like absolutely people you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Denying um, global warming. Just very basic things. Yeah. yeah and um, you know, yeah, COVID stuff, and uh, you know, yeah, if you get onto trans. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's everywhere. A lot of them really don't like talking about that. Something about locking people in their house for two years made them go weird. (laughs) (laughs) Some some of us did lockdown right and just gained a lot of weight and discovered that they were technically disabled. (laughs) Legally. Yeah. Did you... you, You're doing your podcast, presumably, through... All the way through. Yeah. In fact, if you listen to, to... to Bud Pod, there's an episode where we have, I think we have Adam Hess on, and we talk about me and Phil, Phil especially with his experience of of like having rolled his eyes over th- like SARS and things. We were both just like, yeah, no, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, it won't be anything. And then I think in like the next episode, I have COVID, <laughs> and my younger sister texted me to say that's the illest you've ever sounded <laughs> in your life. So it is, the, it's like a timeline of it. And yeah. pe- people have emailed in saying. Um, Either they're a new listener going through the back catalogue or they're re-listening and they go, it's like a horrifying historical drama where I want to reach through time and (laughs) warn you. (laughs) Because you're all talking like, well, nothing bad could happen here in uh, Pearl Harbor. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tropical paradise. (laughs) We're so far from anything. Nothing could sneak up on us. 
Although a lot of podcasts started out, you know, midway through COVID, I guess. No respect for them. But no respect for them. But um, it, it's at... interesting. There must be a lot of that because we were doing. I just the last ones we did in the theatre was Michael Palin and uh, Ashlyn B. Yeah. And you know, and like even looking back a week later, I was thinking, fuck, we got Michael Palin, like a man in his seventies, into in the central London in a full theatre <laughs> right at the start of COVID. Yeah. And if I'd killed Michael Palin, oh, imagine. Yeah, but like then you would have gained all of his powers. <laughs> so you would have suddenly been really good at hosting documentaries and, and having kind eyes on he camera. Was, he was just... He'd had a heart surgery, like, months before, so it was, like, and, absolutely... Yeah. You thought you'd position him in front of an enormous sort of breath cannon. <laughs> <laughs> People just all going, ha ah! All over his face. And it wasn't insane, because the week, then the next week we, can, we cancelled before everyone else cancelled. We said, well, we can't. Yeah. We can't do it. So we were like amongst the first to count. A few, few uh, Adam yeah. K had cancelled and stuff. And so he, said, he was saying he thought we should. And yeah, so it's amazing how, yeah. you know, how, quick, how quickly it came upon us. Which, which lockdown celebrity podcast made you the most furious at the, at the, band, <laughs> the bandwagon jumping? And you thought, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I don't this, is for the, <laughs> this is for us, the dregs, not for you. Well, I think just generally, like everyone getting on board when there was money in it was, yeah, yeah. was the... And and a little, you know, I think if it had adversely affected, there's enough to go round at the moment, right? I think. Yeah. Good, but the, still, the, even with all the, with all the extra ones that have come along, yeah. but I think also it's so it's so much about the having the ability, the staying power, which is all I have. <laughs> <laughs> I can keep doing stuff forever. I can clear stones off a field. Yeah. I've done 130 of those fuckers. Yeah. So I'm going to... As long as you can keep going, because what happens is... I think the thing with successful people, like super successful people, is they can't do them because they have proper work. Once the proper work stuff came to back, do, yeah. they have stuff to do. I don't have anything to do. Yeah. I can do four podcasts a week. But that's why they've all, that's why they've all gone. Yeah. COVID ended and Rob Brydon remembered he hosted television shows. <laughs> and didn't have to talk to Will Ferrell on Zoom. <laughs> Will Ferrell also presumably quite busy. I think if I'd written, it took me a long time to realise that it was a perfect opportunity to talk to people around the world. Yeah. And it might have been a great time to kind of tr- make a grab. I think John Oliver was in the end the only person I really thought, oh, I should finally get John Oliver on. Um, which, was, which was a good decision, but you know, maybe, yeah. The, Imagine the, a world where it had been a bad decision. Yeah. What would have had to have happened? But as you say, all those people doing nothing. Yeah. And, you know, and... The ability to communicate, which is it, that's the weird thing again. That that was it happened, you know. Again, I'm not saying COVID was a good thing, but it happened, (laughs) it happened at exactly the right point in terms of um, if we all had to stay inside for two years, technology had just got to the point where that meant also we could talk to each other and play stupid games with each other and do quizzes with each other and stuff. Yeah, because if if it had happened any other time, even in dial up, yeah, it would have been hell. Just people playing the original Warcraft game against each other. Pixels. <laughs> Would have been a nightmare. Also, like you need to lock celebrities up in their house with no attention for months for them to finally relish the idea of speaking to a stranger. Yeah. Because that's all that's happening to them all the time. <laughs> yeah. But then if you take it away, they'll talk to you on Zoom. Yeah. So maybe we should have maybe I should have made a grab for more of those. Just release different. a new disease. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. Next time. We're prepared for the next one. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, do you, do you, we're talking about because I put on some weight. I've, annoyingly, like I lost a lot of weight last year and worked quite hard at it, and then gradually over this year it's gone up a bit. And then I was just doing well, and then I went away to Edinburgh. Yeah, and I've put, I'm basically back to where I started. Yeah, I have been 10 kilograms heavier than this. I realise, so that's something. That's good. Opinion. So I've been over. You were talking about being over 100 kilograms. Well, over, I'm still am now. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah you're yeah. huge. I've been, yeah, I've, I mean, you know, like tall. Yeah. I've been over 100 kilograms. I'm now, I'm back at over 90, which is very disappointing for me. Yeah, but I, it's the fringe. You need a treat. Yeah. And you can't, you know, drink all the time and smoke all the time because <laughs> it ruins the show. But a big hamburger doesn't ruin the show. Yeah. As long as you don't eat it in the hour before. So you just end up eating like someone who's just found out they're shortly going to prison. Yeah. Every day, just... <laughs> eating like a trucker or a dying king. <laughs> That's what I did. It's very. Yes. It's again. I just think the emotional, the difficult of getting through the, the the the. It's it's so weird because it's it shouldn't be difficult. It's like a, an hour's work a day. And a fun festival. And all a your fun friends. festival. But yeah. it's, it's nope. so emotionally devastating. I think it's like it's really. You watch the dog piss on your own face. Yeah. It's time for a hamburger. Yeah. It's such a, it's, you know, but everyone willingly goes back. Do, do yeah. you think it's going to, do you think this year will be a turning point? Do you think people, a lot of people said they wouldn't go back. I'm not sure I want to go back immediately anyway. I think a lot of people who had a tough one this year will, will not want to have a tough one again. Yeah. And I think it won't be any nicer next year. And apparently they're already, the people who rent out things to the fringe in Edinburgh are already pre-gouging up the prices for next year now. Right. So it's yeah, it can't. It's just going to get more and more Thunderdome-y. But like some version of some version of the Hunger Games, where you have to be really rich to play in the Hunger Games, where <laughs> it's only taking place in the middle quadrant, where they're all already wealthy. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's not good though. Yeah. No, it just you know that's it. Just it made me. I mean, it's always been a pretty middle class and a pretty white festival. Yeah. Uh, but it just it just feels like. You know, I don't think when I first went up, I was you know I, I didn't have any money at all, and I was able to go and s- afford to see shows. And I was, yeah. you know, we we did it very cheaply, and it was paid for by a you know college or whatever. But I think it, it's cut the middle out. Yeah, because you can still see there's so much free stuff or pay what you want stuff that you can if you queue up you can get in for free. Yeah, and things like that. That the two versions of the fringe now are I'm not troubled by an insane like 180 pounds a night two star travelodge bill for five nights, or I'm sleeping in a hostel with a bunch of terrifying <laughs> backpackers yeah. and sneaking into free shows. But that middle group of, of audience that would sort of see shows that cost nine pounds or whatever <laughs> and to stay in a kind of student flat, yeah. that's, there's no middle anymore. I think it's been carved down, yeah. But, you know, like someone like Simon Munnery, who's my age, yeah. and Tony Law, both camped, like, outside of Yeah, the that's... Center. That's not. Yeah, that's, ins- that's absolutely insane. insane. That like big men in their fifties camping. It's like something from the Dust Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to be outside of the town, and I take my wagon in and sell my jokes. <laughs> it's going to be like Grapes of Wrath, where you're going to end up being breastfed by a woman <laughs> to get your strength back up, <laughs> so that you can do another show. <laughs> Well, it doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. It'd be a great way to fly her. (laughs) While latched. (laughs) There's got got to be a a way to... to, 
But you know, again, I don't know if I'm just an old man looking back. I, mean, I don't, but I don't particularly look back at the nineties as a very happy time. <laughs> I think the nineties. I think I had a horrible time all the way through Edinburgh. But the actual, the actual fringe itself did at least feel like you could be, you could get your show seen. Yeah. You could make up a show as you went along as well. You know, you could improve a show. Yeah. Which yeah. I know a lot of people do work in progress now, but you could, you could go with an idea and see how it went and do you, it you organically know. yeah yeah and it's so and it just it felt small enough that it was you know you could get to know you you meet people and get to know now it's just and even this year was apparently 2007 levels of sh- number of shows so something like, like it, that yeah, so they've gone back late noughties so we'd lost quite a lot of shows but also it was 50 percent was it some 25 27 percent audience down yeah for the but that ticketed must, venues but that must mean like closer to fit if that if there's that many fewer shows yeah selling a lot. the disparity is that the the shows were down by half as much as the audience yeah so it wasn't in lockstep and that is what made people who have some people who have have like great shows and are in great venues have like not bumper sold out shows which is what they absolutely used to and should yeah. have because there just wasn't enough people around sure yeah and so we for you you you, you the monkey barrel was a mitt. Was I paid for my ticket in advance, but you could, Good. but you could pay. They reserve. Uh, they keep ten percent of the tickets back, no matter what. Yeah. So you're sold out when you reach ninety percent sold, and then you you can just queue up, and it's to make sure that you know there's still an element of of being able to get in for free. Yeah. And to kind of dilute the t- the, the tyranny of the organised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it seemed yeah. to it seemed to be a, there seemed to be a lot of good shows on at the Monkey Barrel, and it seemed to be a well run. It's the fairest deal as well yeah. for the acts. They, you, the acts get more money of, of, from the tickets as right. well. Yeah. yeah. So it just who'd have thought that offering a a not a, a less crippling deal <laughs> would have been a, a, appealing? I mean, the stand do, the stand have done that for a while. I guess I don't know what, I don't know how the deals compare, but the stand deal was always quite good. But yeah, the other the other um, yeah. But the stand always seemed more like a, not like a closed shop, but no, it seemed like know. you needed to be pretty elite to, to climb over that wall yeah. if you weren't, you know, known, no, for sure. known to them. But for that's sure. just an outside assumption. It's all interesting stuff for me. <laughs> not so much for the listeners. No. Um, yeah, it might be. It might be interesting for the listeners. And, you know, fuck them. It's not their show. <laughs> if you were God... If you were God, Pierre... Hmm? You were God. If I was God, yeah. Why would you have people have to pray to you for things that are clearly need sorting out? Why wouldn't you just sort it out? Where's there's no fun in that. Oh, okay. They've got to they've got to learn. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't my question. Okay. If you were God, yeah. What flavour would you have made ejaculant? Because <laughs> it's ejaculant. Yeah, ejaculant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what flavour? Yeah, because it's like God wasn't even considering people were going to eat this stuff. It's like it never occurred to him. Yeah. But we know it must have. <laughs> That's the fun thing about God. And then he chose that flavour. He, th- he said, I-, I know what people deserve. <laughs> but if it was strawberry milkshake, then you wouldn't go, yum, this, this ejaculant tastes of st- strawberry milkshake. You would go, oh, no, I made a type of milkshake that's just like a big, frothy <laughs> pint of cum. <laughs> I suppose what I'm saying is that the taste of cum would be the superior, like, everything else would become a subset of it almost by force, yeah. wouldn't it? No, I hadn't thought of it that way, and that's... Pe- that's <laughs> your 
And imagine the horror of, of if you didn't know that and you had a strawberry milkshake and, <laughs> then you, then, and then you tasted cup and you'd go, yeah. you'd be very worried about the person. Yeah. Until someone kindly explained that, no, that's how it all, that's how it all is. <laughs> Do you think the issue is with it more with taste or texture? <laughs> I mean, I haven't eaten that much of it myself. Yeah. Um, it's very albumin. Yeah. Isn't it? It's, it's not, you know. No one's adding that texture to food, are they? <laughs> Outside of some fairly niche dishes. <laughs> they tend to cook it out. They do, yeah. 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 I mean, some people like it. Yeah. I've heard. Yeah. They've never met those people. <laughs> <laughs> never met any of those people. Good, good point. Very good point. Um, if you had a silo, what would you store in it? What do you mean, if? <laughs> um, if I had a got, silo, like a really like big agricultural silo. Yeah, if you can put anything you like in there. Uh, Strawberry-flavoured cum, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know. A silo, that's a good question. It would have to be something that kept. You wouldn't want to keep avocados in a silo. <laughs> that would be a nightmare. Um, God, I don't know. Well, I would. Tr what would be the funniest thing to store for someone to discover? <laughs> <laughs> just uh, home and garden, just every edition. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be terrified. You go. There's a body under these magazines. <laughs> a silo full of old. House yeah, it'd be quite magazines. Like, yeah. Doll parts. Doll parts, parts of dolls, but just like a silo full. But it would have to be maybe just the left leg. Yeah. If it was assorted doll parts, you could conceivably try and tell yourself. No, no, there's a chance this is a former toy factory. <laughs> there was just left legs of dolls. So you go, no, a man wrought this. <laughs> this is bad. We should leave. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, good. It's all right. That's fine. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm going to go with um, left legs of dolls. That's fine. <laughs> to upset whoever stumbles across that's, it long after my death. That's good. Uh, something occurred to me then and it's gone. It's gone. That's what happens when you get old. Yeah, it's not so. You know, it's not such. A, it's, enjoy being young. That's what I'd say. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your young life. Uh, I'll ask you another emergency question to get out of that embarrassment. Um, uh, I was going to ask. This is a question, but then if you're on the Isle of Man, are there any celebrities from the Isle of Man? Did any celebrities go to your school? I guess either in South Africa when you were infant school. Um, I don't know about my sort of weird infant school in South Africa, but. Uh, yeah, well, the Bee Gees were born on the Isle of Man. Wow. But they, f they fled. Yeah. Your voices are too high, they said. <laughs> they, the dogs are upset, and they kicked them off the island. Um, you're upsetting all the animals. Um, my school, yeah, there's a guy called Mad Jack Churchill. Oh, yeah. Who went to my school, who's the only officer, the only soldier in World War II who carried a sword and a bow and arrow. <laughs> and he did a commando beach assault on German positions in Norway playing bagpipes with his sword on because he was unwell <laughs> in a courageous way um, and sort of, he sort of escaped prisoner of war camps and captured a whole German unit on his own and was just sort of generally mad. Yeah. Um, and there's a, quite a long Wikipedia entry dedicated to how unusually mad he was. Okay. Which is, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's all right. That's quite a classic sort of like old school <laughs> kind of person. <laughs> yeah. It's not a pop star. 
No. No. no he's no Bee Gees. He's no Bee Gees. He's, no, he's, he's done all right. His high voice would have alerted the German sentries. So <laughs> you wouldn't want to do a sneak attack with the Bee Gees, Richard. That's, that's, what, that's all I'll say. So I saw on your website... And my diligent research oh, yeah. of your life... I'm just laughing at the idea of <laughs> high-pitched whispering <laughs> sort of D-Day scenario. That's really... I've, you make yourself laugh. That's it's all right. It's all right. As, as long as someone's laughing, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. all that matters yeah. in this job. You saw um, my website. Yeah. You, there's a sketch show called Cuts. Yeah. Is that anything happening with that? There's a, no. There's a one... No. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my, my colleague, comedy friend... Collaborators Theo and, and Johnny, who who are, are friends of mine, we just we thought we'd write some sketches because we've got nostalgic for when we all wrote sketches together, sort of a ten years ago or whenever it was, and um, it was good fun. And then we got some comedian friends cobbled together some resources with Stuart Laws, the great fantastic comedian and producer and director from Turtle Canyon, yep. and we filmed it and we put it online, and people said ha ha ha, and that was it. <laughs> They're good sketches. They're as good well. sketches. We're, we're it's an interesting. It's sort of dark but funny as well, which is a That's is good. a good Thank combination. The pa- um, the paella hound. Is so was it just one. made for online and there was no? We sent it to people. Yeah, and they said, "Oh, yeah," or they just said nothing. <laughs> if we we said to them, "Hey, would you like a sketch show written by?" Uh, three guys who met at Cambridge. <laughs> don't worry, we're all white. And don't worry, we're all privately educated. If you would like to really upset everyone in the world, you could give us a massive sketch show. Much le- You would have probably upset most all the other uh, white guys who met at Cambridge who also did sketch. Yeah. They'd be the most angry, followed by everyone else. Um, so, yeah, we didn't have high hopes for it. But it was fun to make some sketches and put them on YouTube. Yeah. And the cast is really good. It people, is really good. People well. were really nice about, about doing it. Yeah. Um, thank God. Because yeah, if we'd had to do it, I don't think it would have been as good. We've just got be- people who are better at acting than us. There were some good actors. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I suppose that's the, the, th- the way forward is just to... Because to, it's very high production values, I think. That's why... That's, why, uh, that's, that's down to Stu and Turtle right. Canyon. I mean, and and uh, Matt Riley, who... who um, the reason the whole thing happened, I should say, is because Matt Riley, who's a, a director, um, messaged me on Instagram, just DM'd me saying, do you want to make some sketches? And that's what sparked the whole thing off. He's yeah. great. Yeah. So I highly recommend. He's made loads of high-end adverts. That's probably why it looks so good. Okay. Uh, him but and Stuart Laws. But what's interesting is that's possible to do. You know, I mean, I think for, for what it, it's weird to think of, of Cambridge graduates <laughs> struggling to get TV shows as well as everyone else, but... but, but you know, anyone can do that to some degree and, and, and make yeah. stuff on their phones if necessary or whatever. As long as you have a friend who works for a production company. Well, but you can get stuff up online. You can do oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so, I mean, it is well, the they... way to, to, to get past those gatekeepers who... I mean, sketch shows is yeah. now probably the hardest thing to, to get on yeah. and stay on, I think, isn't it? They're too expensive. Yeah. That's what I've been told repeatedly. Yeah. But, um, no, if I had any gumption, I'd just be filming myself doing silly voices on, on TikTok. Which yeah. I have some silly voices and things that I can do, but I'm just lazy and I'm just. Do you have that thing where you go? But if I tried and failed, <laughs> then that would be worse than the success I can imagine in my head. <laughs> for sure. Well, I did for a long time. I think I did. You know, I think in the end, I just thought, get on with stuff and see how it goes. Yeah. Because I think in the end, I just decided I don't. As long as I like what I've made, 
Um, and even if I don't, some, some of it I don't like. At least you made something. Well, you know, at least it's, it's, it's done. It's better yeah. than doing nothing. So, you know, I, I think... Yes. In the, and, 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 it, and it's not... And the, the end goal isn't to go... People go, oh, why isn't Rehearsal on TV? And yeah. go, well... No, when I, when I started out, maybe I thought, oh, yeah, maybe. But, like, I, it would be a backward step to put this on TV. Yeah, people would say, oh, can we cut the bit about Strawberry Cum? And you'd say, yeah. well, that's the heart of the show. <laughs> exactly. That's the but, beating heart of the show. But you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't, get, you wouldn't get any of the stuff. But also, it, you wouldn't... It would, other people would get involved in it. Other They'd people fuck would, it up, yeah. Other people would fuck it up. Other people would take... The money would go elsewhere. You know, yep. we, we make money on this, and then we can put that money into making other stuff. Yeah. Uh, if we did it through TV, that money would just go to someone sitting in TV. Well, in a, it's all in about cutting out, cutting out the middleman now. Yeah. That's the future. So, you know, it's more important to do the stuff than... And, and in fact, it's not, you know... I, when I was young, I wanted to be, like, famous and yeah. the most successful comedian of your generation, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, then I quickly worked with Steve Coogan and uh, Chris Morris. So <laughs> oh, probably it's not going to be me then. And... <laughs> As an intimidating. <laughs> and then, um, you know, but then you, you realise it's still much better not to have all that stuff anyway, in a lot of ways, creatively speaking. You, know. you certainly harassed less. Yeah. 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 That's what we can say. Yeah. As we stride through Leicester Square complete, <laughs> completely anonymously. True. Another fine day of not being harassed. <laughs> I think being With able praise to, for the quality of my work. I think being able to do what you want to do and, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's more important, though. You know, if TV's watching, I, I will do it. If, if it, the money's right. Yeah. They're not watching. <laughs> I'll do the puppet show on TV if you want. Yeah. L- last, last chance. You could be like the British... Um, who's the American guy with the annoying Jeff Dunham? Yeah. You could be the British Jeff Dunham. I hope so. Yeah. That's what I, that's what... I can't imagine a more insulting thing than... <laughs> To say to you, <laughs> British Jeff Dunn. You never know what the future's going to bring. That's yeah. the thing. So, like, you could do something, and it suddenly takes off, and then you're you're not in control of your destiny anymore. That's true. What you have to do is do things that never quite take off. Yeah. <laughs> so you're always, in, you know, if it, if, it, you know, if you can't fly a plane, as long as it's on the ground, you're okay. Yeah. It's like a, a weird car. Yeah. <laughs> Still drive it places. Just, a weird safe car. Yeah, just taxi to work in a plane. <laughs> right. Let me. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up in a second. Look, Pierre. If you could go into a chrysalis and dissolve, and come out as anything you wanted to come out as, yeah. what would you come out of the chrysalis as? It could be anything. Yeah. It's a way of looking into your mind. Is this from the Jos Norris episode where he did, you didn't believe him? About, <laughs> yeah, it is. About, um, what was it, butterflies have the same memories? Uh, yeah, he said that caterpillars dissolve, dissolve completely. completely yeah, and, yeah. and then when they come out, they can remember, the butterflies remember stuff. That Even the though they turned into goo, yeah. Even though there's no fucking way of testing a butterfly's memory. Is, I think that is. There's no way of testing a butterfly's memory. They went straight to an earlier food source. Uh, yeah, fuck it, it doesn't mean anything. And they could yeah. name all the 1966 <laughs> World Cup uh, squad uh, as they did it. But the voice is so quiet, it's hard yeah. to... It is from that, but, but yeah. then it's, a, well, it's an interesting question. Yeah. Emerges that we'll, anything. I'll, we'll learn a lot about you from this. Um, what's the best thing to be that isn't a human? Uh, probably um, a, a sort of Labrador owned by quite a wealthy family. <laughs> 
They have a good time. I think they do. Um, would that be the best? Or can I be different people? You can be different people. You can be yourself. I just come out of this Liz Truss. You <laughs> <laughs> should be like a second Truss. Imagine the chaos you could cause. You could really wreck her fucking life, couldn't you? Get the nuclear codes. Yeah. Frighten a few other countries. <laughs> Walk into down. Wander around Downing Street just in your pants, just screaming. <laughs> By the time they realised it was Trust 2, the damage would be done. Do you think that might already have happened with Liz Trust? And there's a, I think By there the time this a, comes out? I know, I think there might be a second one already do, doing all the pork markets and that sort of stuff. To, oh, sort of saying weird not. things about cheese. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that, that the reason that speech was so weird is because it was a sort of imperfect clone from, from a chrysalis? That the real Liz Truss was watching on TV going, uh, <laughs> more time in the chrysalis needed for the next shambling clone. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a viable conspiracy theory. I don't think Liz Truss is going to be Prime Minister when this podcast comes out. That's my <laughs> best... <laughs> It'll be Truss too. <laughs> all, the, all, all the time everyone said Boris Johnson's going, I said it. He'll still be Prime Minister when this goes out. Yeah. Even though this is going out. In about three weeks from from now, I think Liz Truss won't be the Prime Minister in three weeks' time. And if I'm wrong, I'll give everybody in this audience chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to offer them something that I thought they might take me up on it. Yeah. Um, look, it's been lovely to talk to you. What, what, is there anything else uh, approaching, coming up soon in your, um, on your horizons? Whenever I, whenever I do the, the, the tour of the show, why can't I just enjoy things? That's going to be going around the place. Yeah. Um, and hopefully a London run at some point as well next year. It'll probably be like early next year. Um, what else? Bud Pod with me and Phil Wang. Yeah. Have a listen, see if you like it. Um, don't listen to episode 51 first. Does anyone remember <laughs> what the Nadir was? 51 or 53? <laughs> don't listen to that one first. Save that one for when you're feeling strong. <laughs> the early 90s was a strong brace of episodes I seem to remember okay yeah I'd say listen to those did it, did it find its feet quickly or was it uh, it was fairly it? shambling yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it was, they all have something to recommend them yeah the episodes I'd like to think um what else what else do I do I'm blanking I don't know do the specials to? on YouTube quiet ones the one for free you could yeah. just watch it all for free on YouTube you should definitely do that it's it's it, it, one of those comedians that the it's you know it, you you get uh, it's what I really love in an Edinburgh show when you just get wrapped up in an idea and then you're kind of uncontrollably laughing at that at this the thing and that's it's my favorite kind of oh, thank uh, you comedy so it's I should, a great show I should say you can buy the audio of the special as an album from Eight Hundred Pound Gorilla Records okay so if you want to listen to it do that yeah instead of uh, whatever the alternative is. Just put the YouTube just one on and don't look at the try video. Not try not to touch your phone in your pocket <laughs> yeah. as you walk around. We've all tried it. And the, the long, unskippable adverts always fuck it up for ball shavers or whatever it is. Whatever, whatever dystopian grocery delivery service has been started that week. Uh, probably sponsoring this week's episode, so yeah. I will not... Pro probably sponsoring Bud Pod. <laughs> and thank you very much. Thank you for your, thank you for your sponsorship. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the amazing Pierre Nabelli. Come and see your stuff.
He's brilliant. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week with Sally Phillips and not Reese Jeersmith, who you've heard already last two weeks ago. What? You have been listening to Rahulastabur with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Pierre Novelli. Thank you to Scamp Regard. They're here again playing the music. It's nice of them to come in. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. And thank you also to Chris Evans. Not that one, or that one. Come on. Or not any of the, not the Daily Telegraph editor. Don't be stupid. Thank you very much to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thank you to Chris Evans' child, many children. Uh, and the ones I know of and the ones that no one knows of. <laughs> this is a Sky Potato Fuzz of GoFasterStripe.com production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.